up, everybody. Happy New Year's Eve. Welcome to the final day of 2018. Get out of here, you terrible year. Get lost, you bang. I'm Will Brinson. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. It's about football. Maybe we'll reminisce about 2018 and all the smart things that I said and all the stupid things that John Breach said, especially as it relates to Alex Smith. He got exposed by... Uh, Fred, the old takes exposed guy on Sunday. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. Today is the last one of 2018. That means that we're about to enter a world where I do a podcast every single day for an entire year. I'm very excited about it. I'm in no way um, upset about the offseason coming. I am actually really excited that we get to recap a wild week 17 and break down everything that happened, the zaniness from start to finish with my good friends, as I mentioned, John Breach. John, how you doing? Princeton, my New Year's resolution is to listen to every single one of your podcasts in 2019, but also to pull out an Old Takes Exposed on Old Takes Exposed. <laughs> Were you upset that you got exposed? You know, I'm completely okay with that. I'm kind of a smarmy, uh, you know, I have a sense of humor, so you are no smart. hard feelings. And I just completely ignore – you know what is the funny thing? Old Takes Exposed is on Instagram, which I did not know until I got uh, mentioned in about 30 comments. So if you get called out, man, that's blowing up my phone for about the last 90 minutes. So thanks, Old Takes Exposed. Also on the podcast, Sean Wagner McGuff, a.k.a. Steamboat, a.k.a. Swimmy Magoo, the biggest Bears fan we know. You stomped the Vikings, you snuffed out your last remaining division rival with the playoff hope, and now you get to play the Eagles. How you feeling, buddy? I'm all right. You know, pretty calm, <laughs> pretty casual. I'm, I'm used to this whole playoff thing. You know, this is just pretty another day, another season for me. Are you are you are you like peeing your pants? About no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty confident. I, I was telling you and you were telling me how to think and slack. I'm not afraid of any of the teams the Bears were going to have to play. That's not. I'm not guaranteeing a Bears win, but I think they're the better team, and they only lose if Mitch Trubisky poops his pants, which you know could happen. You know that the social media team is trying to get uh, "poops his pants" game as like a slogan that we brand for this podcast. So that's very exciting. And of course, also on the podcast, Mister. Ah, uh, couldn't get it to go in time. I was trying to play, play Wilson, uh, Ryan Wilson. What's up, buddy? You're the first loser. Eric Wilson. That could be your intro music. We're going to sing Wilson together the next time we're together because he's a Russell Wilson guy, and I'm clearly Ryan Wilson, so it would make perfect sense. Uh, Two old-timers. Would you like me up at the bar? Would you like me to edit uh, some Wilson clips so that way every time you are on the podcast we can play Wilson really loudly? Listen, I'm not a fish fan. My brother-in-law is a huge fish hole like you are so i've come to, to, to like I, i'm fine with wilson and i like what's the lead singer's name what's his name trey anastasio who was very accomplished i have no no issue with he's him. very good guitar player once tweeted one of my articles for cbs that was the highlight yeah. of my professional That's, that was the career. whole impetus of you playing that song so you could tell us that he once tweeted one of your articles you're no john breach sir you got me what can i say all right let's dive into these playoff games well we'll dive into the week 17 action recap it and but mostly spin it forward into the playoff games um ryan unfortunately i have to go to you first because the steelers didn't make the playoffs and it was despite the steelers winning they took care of business against the Bengals, although not in impressive fashion i'm not sure how you can um even look John Breach in the eye tonight, knowing that, that Jeff Driscoll almost beat Ben Roethlisberger. What? I would have to sit in the chair to look John Breach in the eye. Sit in the chair? He, he's short. 
Gloves uh, are off. Ouch. Yeah. Wailing on me for two weeks about how terrible the Steelers are. So after being nice to him for how long have we known each other, John? Seven, eight years? It's a over. long time. The We're only way back. I like is your wife, your sisters, <laughs> your brothers, and your dad. Were you convinced? Were you convinced when Baker Mayfield got the ball late that yes. the, that the Ravens were going to beat that the Ravens were <laughs> going to lose? Absolutely, I have. I love Baker Mayfield. I and Baker after the game <laughs> said this to uh, the reporters. He said, "I feel like me and Lamar Jackson are going to be butting heads uh, in the AFC North for years to come, and that's probably pretty much it." And he's not wrong. I mean, sort of rude that he left out Mason Rudolph, but the reality is that Mason Rudolph probably is terrible. And Roethlisberger hinted at playing one more year, but you never know with him. Uh, it just depends on <laughs> on how the Cinnabon is, uh, how many Cinnabons they, bu- they build near his house. He, but, led uh, the, uh, he led the league in passing yards this year. He's, John Breach predicted that before the season. I like, I like, I like Big Ben, and some people don't. But uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield, I had no doubt that he was going to be able to pull that off. As Sean was happy to point out to me, if the ball didn't doink off Jarvis Landry's head earlier in the game, the Browns win that game, or at least they would have the lead. And I pointed out to him that if the referees weren't terrible and blew that uh, Lamar Jackson fumble dead at the goal line. It would have been another six points for, for the uh, for the Browns. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? The Steelers are terrible. We talk about it all the time. They lost to the Raiders. They tied the Browns in week one when Hugh Jackson was there. Uh, they couldn't beat the Chargers at home when they were up by 20 or whatever. They lost to the Broncos, a team that Vance Johnson's about to get fired. On and on it goes. They could have won last week against the Saints. So, yeah, they're eight, what, seven and one? They're going home. They deserve to go home. Yeah, they're not a uh, they're not a very good or consistent team. Is there any chance? I mean, look, I don't. No. I don't, nope. Okay. I'll tell you what'll happen though. They're not going to fire. <laughs> they, they need to. They need to fire Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, and they need to get a cornerback. I said this at the trade deadline. You should give up a first round pick and whatever else for Patrick Peterson. I still feel like they should go after Patrick Peterson in the offseason or Jalen Ramsey or whoever they they have money. First round picks, fifty fifty proposition at best. They're going to be picking twentieth or so. Why not? I mean, that would solve a whole lot of problems for them. And and I feel like you get a defensive coordinator in there who knows is that uh, Zach Ertz? Is that his name? I don't know his name either. Tyler Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. Yeah, <laughs> I should be the defensive coordinator. It's <laughs> been out since uh, October. You can you put linebackers on uh, star wide receivers and um, and Sorry. not know the names of? Uh... I've never seen Warren Sharp so angry as when they <laughs> decided to cover. Keenan Allen with Vince Williams, and Keenan Allen had close to 4,000 yards in that game. All right, let's talk about the Ravens, though, who did win. They held off the Browns to avoid painful, painful heartbreak uh, and missed the playoffs two years in a row. They held on, and they won the AFC North, and now they go into the playoffs as a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Chargers at home in the wild card round, John Breach, how mad would you be if you're a Chargers fan and you have to play at 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon? Granted, it's on CBS, so that means you get to play on the best network in America. That's great, but you have to play at 1 p.m., which is like t- it's like 6 a.m. West Coast time or something like that. The upside is what you just said is that you're playing on CBS. There's never a negative to that. But look, you're the Chargers. You're looking at this playoff schedule. You're Anthony Lynn, the coach. You're saying, look, there's only one slot I absolutely do not want to play in under any circumstances, and it is the 1 p.m. Eastern time slot on Sunday afternoon. That's 10 a.m. Uh, West Coast teams do horrible playing in that slot in the playoffs. I did some research on it last year. Uh, I think I put it we were chatting about. They've been outscored something like 250 to 30 in the first half of games played 
in the 10 a.m., 1 p.m. window. So it's just it's it's just a disaster. And so if I'm the Chargers, I'm irate about all of this. You know, I'm not going to boycott the playoffs. I'm still going to show up. Uh, but I I would be a little frustrated. Also, if I'm the Colts, you know, they're thrown in. They had to play Sunday night, and now they have to turn around and play the first game on Saturday, which is also a little insane. So I think the Colts and the Chargers most on the playoff scheduling got screwed over. Um, playoffs? <laughs> I love this. I love having sounds on this podcast. You're not very good at it, though. I think oh. that's the first that's landed in like a week. Good for you, Sean. Good for you. Um, how do you think that Lamar Jackson, a rookie quarterback, will fare in a game against the Chargers? As you know, I've been peppering slack with information. Feel free to use it at your leisure. Uh, but rookie quarterback six and nine, nice over since 2008 and starts in the playoffs. The last quarterback, Sean, to rookie quarterback to beat a top 10 DVOA defense in a playoff start was Joe Flacco in 2008. Look at the beautiful symmetry surrounding Lamar Jackson starting instead of Joe Flacco. Now, do you think the Ravens will be able to handle the Chargers this week? Yeah, I don't know if they're a team that can blow out the Chargers, but I also don't think they can get blown out by the Chargers. I kind of see it being a close game no matter what. Here's what's a little bit concerning is that if you watch the game today, the Browns could not stop the Ravens um, on the ground at all. The Ra- um, the uh, the Ravens ran for 296 yards on 47 carries, so they averaged over six yards per rushing attempt. And the Cleveland defense is a good defense, and we've been talking about that all season long, but they've been pretty bad against the run all year long, um, and that was exposed today. But if you look at where the Chargers rank against the run, they're actually top 10 in DVOA entering the week against the run, also top 10 uh, against the pass. So I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for them to run the ball like they did today. That being said, Lamar Jackson actually looked pretty good throwing the ball. I don't know if he was great, um, but he didn't really have any turnover-worthy plays. Um, he had a couple big connections. He averaged 7.5 yards per attempt, and I, I kind of feel like the Ravens' offensive approach and how often they run the ball has kind of made us forget that this guy threw the ball a lot in, in college and was really good passing the ball in college. And he's not some run-only quarterback. And I understand he has accuracy concerns and he needs to get better over the years, but I don't think he's some schmuck who can't throw the ball. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a closer game though. And I think it's going to be kind of like um, the game we saw a couple weeks ago where uh, it's going to come down to the Ravens defense against Phillip Rivers. And if Phillip Rivers will play better than he did a couple weeks ago when he, you know, pooped the bed to stick with that theme. Wow, you've really pooped the bed. You've pooped your, uh, you've purposely pooped your own pants twice in this podcast. That's very impressive. Uh, Breach, any chance, I don't know, I'm asking you for the second time. Ryan, any chance that the, uh, that the Ravens can beat the Chargers twice in one year? And do you think that the Chargers and Gus Bradley having an opportunity to see the Ravens twice, especially in the, in the span of three weeks, gives them a, uh, substantial benefit? No, as, uh, Breach pointed out they got to fly across the country, play a 10 a.m. game, short uh, short week. I don't know what the NFL was thinking. Maybe they just don't care about the Chargers. They play in a soccer stadium, so they don't really count as an NFL team. But, I mean, you saw what they did against uh, at the Browns. You give it to Gus Edwards. He runs for eight yards up the middle, straight up the middle. He doesn't cut. You give him the ball, he runs straight, and that's it. He falls down. They start over. They keep doing it. Rare occasion that uh, Lamar decides to keep it. They can't catch him either. So I don't know if he's – uh, gonna improve as a passer this year. I think the offseason is when you do that for Lamar. But, um, you know, he can throw passes in the middle of the field. He has tight ends he can rely on. He can do the swing passes and then he can run for his life. And dude, when that guy takes off, you're not catching him. Like it, he <laughs> takes him about a step and a half to get to full speed and that's a wrap. 
So I don't think the Chargers can be able to do anything. I think they're going to get blown out, to be honest with you, because wow. if wh- how are they going to stop the running game? And also, what did, what did Phil Rivers do in Carson, California, to convince you that he has any chance against this defense? Uh, well, first of all, Philip Rivers is amazing. He's my number one MVP in this year. That's how I'm going to rank him, Sean. I don't care what you want. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Mahomes is the MVP. But, uh, no, I mean, look, Philip Rivers has a, I, I think that when the playoffs come around, then it changes the at, or yeah. give you yeah. a side eye. You, the playoffs don't increase the, the scrutiny and the, the atmosphere of the freaking game. Of course they do. They're the playoffs, Ryan. Big, big time players make big time plays. And as you know, Philip Rivers, um, he's actually two and three <laughs> in, in first round playoff games. Um, and one of those losses to the New England Patriots by three points, one loss to the Jets by With three points. With ACL in that game. That's, no, 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 that was a different Patriots game. He, they, uh, that was 2008 when they lost in New England. Um, I, I don't know. I just think Rivers is going to be comfortable. I think he's going to be mad that they, they made mistakes against the, uh, against the, the, the Ravens the first time. And I think you're going to see them come in there. I, the one thing I worry about is that the Chargers look sloppy against the Broncos in week 17. Like, the Bears and the Cowboys played their starters, and they looked like they had energy in Week 17. The Chargers needed to play their starters because they were trying to catch the Chiefs, but the Chiefs blew out the Raiders. That game was over very early. Are you worried about the Saints? This, uh, nah, nah. Okay, that's. I mean, I wouldn't put too much into it. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. But I'm saying like they played. They played Philip Rivers to the end. The Chargers did. They left him in there, even though once the Chiefs won. They were locked into the five seed. That was the best they could do. That was the worst they could do. They should have gotten everybody out of there. Melvin Gordon got a little dinged up at some point in that game. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I trust Anthony Lynn in the playoff situation, but I definitely trust Philip Rivers, and I think that they can get this running game going more than they did against Baltimore the first time. You could say no. You don't have to shake your no. head. This is an audible I, podcast. Yeah. No, I had it on mute because I was I was drinking my herbal tea. No, that's not going to happen. I mean, you said Philip Rivers could be more comfortable. He'd be he'll be more comfortable for. 0.47 seconds because that's how long it takes to Matt Judon and to Darius Smith to meet in the, in the backfield to crush his fat head. <laughs> I mean, don't you think they can learn something from that, from the, for the, the Mayfield? The, yeah. The... They should have won more football games so they wouldn't have to play the, the Ravens in the first round. That's what they should have learned, but they didn't. They won 12 games. What do you want from them? They were 12 and 4. They just happen to be the same division as the Chiefs. What do you want from them? Don't make excuses. Don't excuses be ridiculous. I'll tell you an easy excuse is the Steelers because they're sitting at home. You know the only you right the breach playbook on that one. Yeah, that's right. Right at your Panthers face. Fan and Bengals fan, suck it, nerds. <laughs> um, speaking of drinking, I'm drinking a, uh, a delicious Pinot Noir from. Uh, it's called the Path. Got it at Ridgewood Wine and Beer. If you're in Raleigh, you, check it out. You've gotten more into wine lately. I feel like what's big, going on. Big into wine. I'm trying to lose weight without working out. <laughs> that's one so way. you're drinking. So you're just drinking a lot of wine. Now. Just that's drinking right. a lot of wine instead of beer. Take up smoking again too. That'll help. Um, yeah, but smoking won't help. Smoking's terrible for you. You're a horrible person for suggesting that. Um, anyway, well, I like I like the Chargers in the spot, but I, again, there, there's some concerns. The, the game again. You like to win? Yeah, I think they're going to win. All right. I like the Chargers to win too. Wow. The old, I mean, no no rookie quarterback has only beaten a team that he faced since 2008 in the playoffs. Uh, let's see, Flacco did it, right? He played Miami, but they weren't a very good team then. Um, TJ Yates did it, but that was against the Bengals. And then Mark Sanchez did it, and that was against the Bengals. So you're talking about, the, the Bengals don't even count. That's a, that's like, that's like somebody being like, oh, look at me, I got a space on my bingo card. It's like, yeah, that's called the free space. You get that for free. That's the Bengals. If you play them in the playoffs, they're a free win. Get out of here. 
It's true. Everyone on this. I got Santa Claus right here, just living it up in the in the spirit of the holiday. Marvin Lewis has never won a playoff game, and he's been there for fifty freaking years. Of course, the Bengals are a free win in the playoffs. My the reason I think the Chargers can win is because they almost won that game in in Carson. There was that Antonio gets fumble that kind of made it look more lopsided than it was, and they almost won that game with Philip Rivers playing his worst game of the season. And I just I think. He doesn't have to play great. I think he just has to play, you know, fine or his normal level. And I think are they going to stop the Ravens running game? I, I mean, I just told you they're ranked top ten in DVOA against both the run and the pass. And there yeah, were, the Browns time. scored twenty four points today in Baltimore. There were openings there. They should have had thirty one. They should have had thirty four. Uh, they also missed a field goal in that game, in addition to the ninety yard touchdown that hit off Jarvis Landry's head. I think there are chances um, to be taken. I, I'm not confident in the Chargers winning. I'm just saying that's who I would take. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, but look, as long as Rivers doesn't have an absolute stinker like he did last time, I think it's going to come down to the end. And I would rather have Philip Rivers than Lamar Jackson at the end of a game. Yeah, 100%. Lamar Jackson made some nice throw. You've been bashing Lamar Jackson all season now. I mean, now I you have. Yeah, you have. Uh-huh. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'd rather have Baker Mayfield than Philip Rivers going into that game. I'm not even kidding. Oh, that's just dumb. Rivers have been playing great. He had one bad game against we'll his see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right, moving along. Let's talk about the sorry, the Steelers. Let's talk about the Steelers playoff matchup. Oh, just kidding. The Steelers aren't in the playoffs. A, by the way, you try to hide from this. You're a Panthers fan. Your team is I'm terrible. not a Panthers fan. See, and he I love that he runs you are a Panthers fan. No, I think he only cares about himself. So if he picks the Panthers <laughs> or something, then yeah, he'll yeah, perform. I mean, that, uh, you I know you know what I'm a fan of? I'm a fan of the Ravens. I want the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Because if the Ravens win the Super Bowl, I get to collect $2,000 from Princeton quits his job and moves to Vegas. He's got that Super Bowl ticket. He's been waiting to cash it. He talked about it nonstop for six weeks. And then when they struggled a little bit, you didn't hear anything. But now just wait. The rest of this month, 2019, all the podcast is going to be about is this Super yeah. Bowl ticket. That's right. So predictable. I'm very proud about Playoffs? All right, what else we got? Uh, moving along to another game. The Chiefs clinched the number one seed. Actually, you know what? We'll talk about the Chiefs in a minute. Let's get to the Bears first. Because I thought it was – Actually, we're going to talk about the Bears and the Cowboys here. Because the Bears and the Cowboys played different games with different stuff at stake. The Cowboys come into their game knowing they cannot change seeds whatsoever, right? Like, they cannot alter their seed in any shape, form, or fashion. They cannot change anything about the team they were playing. They cannot change anything about the playoff fortune of the team they were playing against on Sunday because the Giants were eliminated. And so the Cowboys, one would think, would sit their players and instead... They really screwed me out of some money, too. Uh, they kept running out Dak Prescott all day. He finished – he threw the ball 44 times in, a, in an irrelevant game. And he threw a two-point conversion to, to win the, the crazy touchdown at the end of the game. They beat the Giants 36-35. Um, do you like what the, the Cowboys did, Breach? Do you think that that was a positive momentum builder, going out and taking care of your rival and winning one for Garrett and getting to 10 wins? I mean, or, or was it all for naught and sort of stupid? Uh, I, mostly that last part. I mean, this is like <laughs> going to Walmart and then deciding I'm going to wear a tuxedo. Like, you, you would never <laughs> – why would you ever wear a tuxedo to Walmart? Why would you – Put your starters in in a game that means nothing. Every play that Dak Prescott was out there was a play where he could have been injured. Every play where any starter was out there was a play where they could have been injured. And imagine if that would have happened. I mean, that we saw that with the Jets, I think. Uh, Rex Ryan played his quarterback in the preseason. Was that a few years ago? Mark and, and Geno Smith. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, Sanchez went out and got injured. That's preseason, but this is the same thing. If you lose anyone and it's not worth, it's not, it's just not worth the risk. Do you think Dak Prescott is going to show up to work tomorrow and be like, gosh, I really want to beat the Seahawks even more because I had a good game against the Giants? Like, no, like the Giants are playing against air compared to what the Seahawks are going to throw at the Cowboys. So I, I thought this was a foolish decision. I mean, it paid off. And yes, the Cowboys look good now because Dak threw for 387 yards and they won just a completely insane game. But I, I don't think this helps them at all. And I, I, I mean, I just cannot understand why they played their starters. It's also a short week. So, I mean, I don't know how much that matters or at home, but you only have a six day turnaround because they're playing on Saturday as well. I think it's hilarious that Jason Garrett is balls to the wall when the games don't matter, but once the game's on the line, he's punting on the field, including field goal range. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. And no one is angrier than our, our buddy colleague Jason Dubin, who is a Cowboys fan, because he knows. <laughs> Could you just call him Jason Dubin? <laughs> Jared Dubin. I'm thinking about Jason. Got Jason Garrett, Garrett, on the- Garrett Dubin. Garrett Dubin. <laughs> he knows that Jason Garrett is getting a 10-year deal. Uh, the Cowboys, by the way, two of two on fourth down, eleven of seventeen on third down. They were chunking it deep to Amari Cooper late in the game. Uh, you know, they went for it on it was like fourth and twelve, and Dax bombing it down the field to uh, Cole Beasley, who's reeling in this crazy catch. It's, I mean, I and then they go for two. I, mean, I can't I, again. I cannot stress how annoyed I am by that. I had a teaser with the Giants as a pick'em uh, and the Texans minus a half, and and lost that as a result. Very very annoying. Um, I, I I think that this is good news if you want to bet on the Seahawks, though. And the Seahawks are plus two and a half in Dallas. I've been saying, I think, for like a month on here, when it looked like the Seahawks were going to be the five seed going to Dallas, the four seed, that Seattle was going to beat them, that Russell Wilson was going to go in there and take care of Dak Prescott. I think they're a bad matchup. The Giants moved up and down the field. They had 20 first downs in this game, 12 of them passing. Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys do have a good rush defense, but I think the play action that Russell Wilson uses and, and the offensive line work that the, that the Seahawks will do presents a real problem for them. And, you know, when you look at the, what the Giants were able to do just, um, you know, in terms of rushing the ball, they averaged 5.7 yards per carry on 25 carries for 143 rushing yards. And then they, you know, Eli threw for 298 passing yards. I mean, that, to me, or 301 passing yards, excuse me, to me, the, as much as that was like a, Moral victory and a confidence building victory. It sets up very poorly. Um, if you want to back the Cowboys because now they are three point favorites and I think the Seahawks really should be favored in this game. I don't even know if it was confidence building because they almost lost to the Giants and they needed a fourth down touchdown and a two point conversion to beat the Giants when they were playing all their starters except Zeke Elliott, who's obviously an important player, but it, it was almost the opposite. Like you're going to go in where that tucks into Walmart. And then just completely mess it up when you're in there, like leave without the one thing you came to get. Um, I, like, I, I thought it was almost embarrassing that they went in there with their starters and had to pull out a fourth down incredible catch and a two point conversion. So I don't even know if it's confidence building. And the flip side of that is they also helped out the Giants by giving them a loss and improving their draft pick. It, it made no sense. And we were talking about this during the game is it, actually felt like Jason Garrett just wanted to get to 10 wins because 10 wins just has this value in the NFL when you say you win double digit games. That's a good point. Um, Jason Garrett moves ahead of Chan Gailey in terms of all time winning percentage for Cowboys coaches ties Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer, two great guys uh, for most seasons with double digit victories as a Cowboys coach. It felt like, I mean, it really did feel like the whole time, like Jason Garrett had a, 
one million dollar bonus in his contract if he wins ten games, or or that he thought like Jason Garrett's like or J- Jerry Jones like you win ten team you win ten games with this team, Jason. I will give you an extension. I don't care what happens in the playoffs. You just go out and win ten games. I will give you an extension. It felt like that was what was happening, um, and he was coaching like he wanted to win. As Ryan pointed out, I was I was floored um, at how well he uh, at, at, at like how aggressive he was, and I don't think he's going to do that against Seattle. No, he will not. I well, agree. Seahawks conversely looked terrible. They were uh, barely a winner over the Cardinals. I watched. I watched a lot of this for reasons you don't want to hear about. Um, <clears throat> but Chris Carson, nineteen carries, one hundred twenty-two yards, and a touchdown was pretty good. Russell, twelve of twenty-one for a buck fifty-two, touchdown and a pick. Uh, the Cardinals had, I believe, two blocked punts. They didn't do much on offense. Rosen was 18 to 34 for 149 yards. Larry Fitzgerald had a great touchdown catch. Um, David Johnson, 70 carries, 62 yards. They just, Chad Williams was active, I guess, in the passing game. They just got a bunch of fluky stuff happening. And I think the Seahawks are a better team than this game let on breach. Yeah, absolutely. I just felt like the Seahawks thought they were going to walk in there and walk all over the cards. It was a home game for Seattle. You know, we've seen Josh Rosen play the last couple weeks. He's looked terrible. They probably thought they're going to pick him off six times and and just run away with this thing. And then when they didn't, uh, you know, it seemed like they were a little startled, like, oh, we got a game here. And and the one thing I will say about this game and the overall playoff picture is that, you know, there's a lot of talk about why didn't the Bears rest the starters once the Rams got that huge lead on the 49ers. And, you know, it's possible this game played into it. Because I know Chris Collinsworth was talking mm. about that a lot on the NBC broadcast. If you're the Bears at halftime and you saw the Rams were running away with it, so now you're locked into the third seed. But you also see the Seahawks are basically tied with the Cardinals. Now you know if the Vikings beat you, you're playing the Seahawks. And so interesting, your options are play the Seahawks or play a combo of Vikings or Eagles. You want to play the Vikings or Eagles. I mean, right? Yeah, 100%. That's a great point. You shouldn't even, in fact, you shouldn't have attributed it to Chris Collinsworth. You should have stolen it for your own because clearly none of us were watching the halftime spiel that. Oh, no, no. Collinsworth was saying the Bears should have benched their starters in the second half. Oh, gotcha. And I'm saying why that is not correct. You know, like why I disagree with that. He's calling out Chris. Yeah. I am. I'm not calling him out. No, you're you're calling him you're out. Calling him out. Calling out a Cincy guy. Look at that, Cincy on Cincy crime. Yeah, that's right. This this is like this is a bigger crime. This is a bigger Cincinnati crime than putting chili on spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> this is a bigger Cincinnati crime than letting Andy Dalton start Week One of 2019. Uh, Let Hugh Jackson call your defensive plays. Yeah, or this is a bigger Cincinnati crime. This is like watching Hugh Jackson eat. Chili on top of spaghetti for 16 weeks in a row for 60 minutes a week instead of trying to call plays. That's what that's what this is like, Breach. Yeah, you should you you went one time too far. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, anyway, so, that, so, now, so that being said, yeah. So anyway, I would, would you rather not, uh, would you rather watch Hugh Jackson coach your team next year for one season and then he's fired, or spend eight consecutive hours with no telephone? And unable to break eye contact with Hugh Jackson in Skyline Chili while he eats. Well, what is his record before he gets fired next year? Are we talking like he goes eight and eight and he gets canned one and fifteen, or he makes the playoffs and he fires himself because he wants to get a better job? It's Hugh Jackson. What do you think his record's going to be? He's he was good before Cleveland. He traded. No, you killed him Are in we? Oakland. You killed him in Oakland. He traded. Al Davis died. and He traded for Carson Palmer. Give up two first round picks for Carson Palmer. 
Jason Jason Campbell was balling. He said no. <laughs> um, he was. And, 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 anyway, I think the Seahawks will be fine. I'm not too worried about that. That's a great point, Breach. The Bears ultimately did not bench their starters. They knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. They won 24-10. It was a dominant effort. There were rumblings, per Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, that people were keeping their eyes on the Vikings and what might happen with Mike Zimmer. Sean, what was your take as a Bears fan on how – uh, the team, how Matt Nagy handled this, how he handled the starters and the potential injury, stomping on the throat of an opposing team, not, you know, beating the Vikings, not having to worry about beating them three times in a row, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't really care about who they played next. I think I slightly preferred playing the Vikings, but I, I, I wasn't that freaked out by the idea that they're going to beat the Vikings and eliminate them. I will tell you though that as someone who over worries about everything, the second the Rams went up 7 nothing and they were up 14 nothing pretty early over the Niners, I wanted Nagy to yank everybody. I just, I didn't think it was worth it. Um, there was the added bonus of maybe having to play the Vikings again, which I would prefer to do. Um, so I was kind of freaking out for most of the game. I'm not going to lie. And then Nick Foles actually got some sort of rib injury. Um, and it wasn't reported what it was at the time, and that kind of made me switch my opinion. Did that, that I kind of wanted. Did that make you happy that Nick Foles was hurt? Did not make me happy? Uh-huh. You're not going to lead me into this, but with all the information out there, I was like, okay, now you should go beat the Vikings. So you play uh, who's their backup? Sudfield. Nate Sudfield. Sudfield. Yeah. So you'd rather play him. Um, so you look, were I... happy that Nick Foles got hurt and possibly yeah, playing the Eagles. He was dancing around that. That room of his. Oh, I plead the fifth. That but. panic room of his. <laughs> that Bears panic room. By the way, more disappointing season, the, the Vikings or the Steelers? Vikings. That's a great question. Um, I think well, I, at least the Steelers won their last game. And, and I understand they lost. In my pro team. They beat the they Bengals by 16-13. But they were in that game, the Saints. What the Vikings did today was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there's a reason why Mike Zimmer, who's regarded as a pretty good coach, is now suddenly some people are floating rumors about maybe he could be in trouble. I, but, I think uh, the bottom of the barrel was when Adam Thielen, who never yells, was yelling at Kirby Cousins, who never right. yells, and they were yelling at each other. And this it, is the it, problem what, is that, you, sorry, you, you pay Kirk Cousins the amount of money he's making, and he goes out and he averages four yards per attempt. And I understand that the Vikings have more problems than just Kirk Cousins. He's under pressure a ton. Um, the defense did not play well. Um, you look at when this game was won and lost. It was in the fourth quarter. The Bears were winning by three, and they had a 16-play, 75-yard drive that burned nine minutes off the clock that turned a three-point game into an eight-point game. Or, sorry, an 11-point game. They scored eight points on that drive. And if I, so I understand why people are coming after Mike Zimmer. If you're a defensive coach and you're letting a nine-minute drive with your season on the line, um, that, that's not good. And the problem, I don't want to blame... In, Kirk Cousins for everything, but the problem is that when you're making that much money and you're not able to overcome the roster flaws, that's a problem because suddenly you have all this money committed to him and you're not going to be able to pay to upgrade those other um, parts of the roster. So I, I think that's a big problem and probably more so than Mike Zimmer. Here is the Vikings drive chart that I just looked at and was sort of stunned by. I was about to tweet out. Um, this is their drive chart for the full game that they lost 24 to 10 with their $84 million quarterback at home in a game they knew they had to win to get into the playoffs. Punt, 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 field goal, touchdown, downs, downs, downs. That is terrible. You can't have an $84 million splashy free agent quarterback come in. I was trying to come up with a nickname for this. Somebody suggested on Twitter. I like this one. The Minneapolis Miracle. What do you think about that? I like yeah, it. Yeah, but Sean hit on it. The offensive line is 
dog doo doo. I mean, what is he it was dog doo doo last year. They almost won the yeah, Super Bowl. No, they, they were not. They're much worse this year. Yeah, the uh, I mean, the loss of Shermer obviously hurts them. And and the no one one thing of note, they were going to go thirteen and three. Case Keenum had the Hall of Fame year. It wasn't going to happen. If they won ten games and made the playoffs, that would that should be equivalent to what they did last year. No, no, no. And this this is the way I look at it. And f- for the record, also the Bears actually pulled all of their defensive starters in the fourth quarter. And the Vikings still couldn't score. Kirk Cousins was still getting hit like crazy against the Bears' backups. I thought that was uh, Telling. that was a pretty bad indictment of the Vikings' offense as a whole that they couldn't score on a second unit. But I, I think this is where the Vikings went wrong. I think Ryan's right. I, they got really good quarterback play last year that just wasn't sustainable. Even if they brought Case Keenum back this year, yes, he would have been cheaper, and that would have been a better move than giving Kirk Cousins all this money. But they weren't going to have an MVP-caliber quarterback back there again. And they still won eight games. And you look at where did it go wrong? Well, the Bears got a lot better, and they had to play them twice. And instead of having two easy wins against the Bears, that turned into two easy losses. And that's the difference between eight and ten wins. So I think it's they got a little bit worse at quarterback, and then the division around them got better. And, and if you have to play one team twice and that team gets a lot better than you, then that's the difference between eight wins and ten wins. That is it, it, With Cousins, it feels like – you know, you guys, $84 million quarterback, they overpaid by like $75 million. I mean, there's no way he's worth that. We've, he just, he has not come through in a single big game this entire season. And we've seen quarterbacks behind not so great offensive lines still be somewhat successful. And Cousins just goes out there and falls flat on his face every single week. I mean, it looked like Adam Thielen was ready to headbutt him right before halftime of this game. It's just those two were going at it with, uh, they were just in a spat, and it was just that that was almost reflective of their entire season, where uh, they just it did it seemed like the receivers were never on the same page with Cousins, and, and so that offense isn't going to go anywhere. And I think the Zimmer stuff isn't so much that Zimmer might be fired as much as it is he doesn't necessarily want to be there anymore because he Cousins was kind of forced upon him. He's had problems with that offense all year. That's not going to change because he's a defensive coach. And so, you know, if the Vikings aren't sure they want him and Zimmer's not sure he wants to be there, then, you know, that's a recipe for leaving. I, I think it, Mike Florio was trying to sort of imply that, I think, in his report, uh, basically saying, like, he's like, look, no, I don't know how you would cage it, but, you know, they're, they, Mike Zimmer clearly all season long has felt like he had a formula that worked really well last year and then Kirk Cousins in this offensive scheme and the approach and paying big for the quarterback was foisted on him um, to borrow a curb your enthusiasm word and he didn't appreciate it and uh, and so that's why you could potentially see him take trade or uh, go to their separate ways I would be surprised though if Zimmer ultimately decided to walk away from a defense that is that good like I mean Presumably, he would get a head coaching job immediately if he left the Vikings, right? <laughs> baby. Where? The Bengals, man. That's where he was before. The Bengals would take him in a second. If Zimmer became available, they would hire him. And I mean, forget throw Hugh Jackson out the window. Forget Vance Joseph. The Bengals would give Zimmer anything he wants. What if Zimmer went to the Browns? I'd cry. That I don't think that would make sense for the for the Browns' perspective. They have Greg Williams. But I mean, also, I don't. I mean, I don't want. I like Mike Zimmer as a coach. I don't want him to groom Baker Mayfield. I just I don't think that's the direction you go. Just foist another offensive coordinator on it. Well, he doesn't yeah, exactly. He doesn't like that. I right, mean, right, he right. fired an offensive coordinator and wanted to start running the ball, and that it's not like that worked out that great. They had one good game. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bengals would make sense if if uh, he would he would basically be working for Marvin 
and Mike Brown, who would probably leave him alone and let him do what he wanted. He knows the personnel in place there. They got some, you know, some decent stuff around it, and he would tell Andy Dalton to shut up and throw some 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 deep passes to AJ Green once or twice a game. And what was the Bengals' biggest problem this year? Their defense. Defense. Boom. Match made in heaven. Cool, Bridge. If you're listening, call Mike Brown. You get to have that pipe dream all season long. You can actually have that pipe dream for one minute while we take a quick break, but then we'll be right back. Anger Out Sports Media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors, Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right. Now let's go over the rest of the games from Week 17 and talk about the playoffs. Where do you want to go next? I don't even know where we are at this point. Um, Houston won 20-3. to and the Jaguars, we're talking about some hirings and firings too. The Jaguars are not firing Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell, but they might be firing Leonard Fournette. The team informed that they have yanked the guarantees in his contract, meaning that he could potentially be cut. Uh, Sean, where do you see this ending with Leonard Fournette? And are you happy or sad? Well, not happy or sad. That's a bad way to phrase it. Uh, do you think it was smart or dumb to bring back Douglas Marone? I don't, to be honest, I don't know because I think it's so hard to judge a team when a your quarterback is just utter crap. And I would put, I don't know whose decision was it to give Bortles an extension. I'm guessing that had more to do with Coughlin in the front office than Marone. Um, so I mean, I would like to give Marone a chance if he has a good quarterback. Um, I'd, I'd like, I don't know if the Jaguars problems are Marone's fault. I think they're the lack of a quarterback's fault, which I would put on the front office over, over the coach. Also, that front office is exactly the reason they drafted Leonard Fournette to hide Blake Bortles. So, oh for two on those. I mean, imagine Blake Bortles is going to be gone. I don't know why you keep him around. I don't know if that was Coughlin or, or Caldwell, but at the end of the day, Bortles is just not an NFL quarterback. He's he's immeasurably worse than Blaine Gabbert. I feel like that team would have been much better if they they had kept Blaine Gabbert instead of rolling with uh, Blake Bortles. But the Leonard Fournette thing is just mind-numbingly stupid. Why are you taking a, a, a running back? I think he went fourth overall. Did, I don't even know if he helped the team that much last year. I mean, he was important when he played, but he was injured all the time. He was injured this year. He's sitting on the bench pouting. I don't even know why he's pouting today. The team's terrible. It wasn't like that was a revelation to him. I love that TJ Yeldon was sitting there with his uniform on and doing the exact same thing. They were uh, playing uh, Candy Crush on their iPhones. or I don't know what they were doing. But, uh, yeah, the team's an absolute utter disaster. One of the most disappointing teams of the season. With four games, though, they won? Bigger disappointment. Five. Bigger disappointment, Ryan. Pete Prisco's AFC champion pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or Pete Prisco's NFC championship <laughs> pick, the the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Jaguars. Uh, the the Packers had a lot of disarray. Aaron Rodgers was never hundred percent. Oh uh, yeah, you know, like oh yeah, like you know what you're doing, Prince. I've been doing this for see ya, see ya. Pay attention. Pay attention. I kick there. 
If you don't know, that's what Pete Briscoe tells everyone on Twitter who disagrees with him. He says, see ya, then he blocks you, and then he presumably sees them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Why is he saying see ya if he's blocking them? Doesn't that mean I'm not going to see you anymore? Yeah, uh, yeah. You literally should say, "Don't see you. <laughs> I won't see you." Um, but yeah, I don't think he fired Marone. Uh, he had success with the team last year. I, I think you have to shake up the personnel. I don't know how you fix it. Uh, they fired Nathaniel Hackett. Who's the offensive coordinator now? Anyone? Wow. Does CBS Sports have- NFL podcast. <laughs> well, I know they fired Hackett, and oh, you know they clearly they it's had no real plan. Slate. They promoted their their yeah. offensive coordinator, Slate Nordles. <laughs> must, like, must have heard good things about friends it. with Dow Logans. <laughs> I, 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 uh, well, my point is that they got to figure that out. Why would you ask that question when you know we don't know the answer? That's my point. They need to figure it out. They need to figure out a quarterback. They need to figure out a running back. Now they need an offensive coordinator that fits all whatever they're going to plan on doing. They have no deep threats consistently. They they drafted a DJ Chark last year. He's okay, but uh, who knows if he's any good? No one can throw him the ball. Cody Kessler was basically Blake Bortles in a different uniform. So I don't know where you go. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is someone you think about. There are no quarterbacks in the draft. They're in, in Scott a Milanovic. Fair enough. I, I'm convinced he doesn't exist because I'm even reading the original NFL.com story on it, and they don't even mention who's taking over. Well, that's, that's the, the point story. is they have a lot to sort out, and I think last year is going to end up being the anomaly, not the fact that they're going to be – because they were terrible before last year, and they're going to be terrible – it looks like going forward, they got to figure out Jalen Rose's deal. Wait, this is crazy. If you Google Scott Milanovic, he has like, like you know, like it's like the, in the top right is. I mean, like, yeah. like this is how Kaiser much. Kaiser Sose's picture. No, no, no. You know, like, but there's like Google. There's like Google images. There's like, yes, it's Sean. Um, I just want to point out that Ryan called Jalen Ramsey Jalen Rose. <laughs> I love that Sean takes great comfort in making fun of uh, of an old person that. Oh, come on. I get picked up more than anyone on this podcast. If you say Jalen Rose, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you on it. Well, it's just easy. Well, they got to figure out, can he play quarterback? At, any, at any rate, if you Google Scott Milanovic real quick, his Google images, it's like, it's a picture of seven different humans. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, like, it's one guy is like, is like, looks like a meathead, uh, guy with full head of hair and a red football jersey. The next guy is like coaching for like Chapel Hill, uh, but it looks like 15 years older. The other guy is just a, a completely different human and wearing a black shirt. Then there's a, I mean, then there's like a, like one picture is like a Butch Davis. I don't even know what's happening here. This is insane. Um, at any rate. Oh, his entire, uh, career prior to this. The CFL looks like. Yeah, it was in uh it was in the old uh the Euro League. Uh he played for the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He uh looks like he played for um he played uh it's very exciting, played at Maryland. Which undrafted. Oh, I recognize his name. There oh, you yeah. go. Okay. Nineteen ninety six. There you go, Ryan. I was gonna say, yeah. He's yeah. he's an old timer like myself. Uh well, good prob- on Scott. I hope it works out for him. This year was tough. <laughs> he probably uh he probably beat NC State multiple times, no doubt. <laughs> um Anyway, he was the head coach of the Montreal of the uh, Toronto Argonauts. Oh, for four years. <laughs> Who knew? There you go. Knew. Um, anyway, hey, I have a question for you. This is CBS Sports' daily Scott Milanovich podcast. Yeah. So we're talking about coaches getting fired. One coach that didn't get fired was Pat Shermer. But I was uh, having this kind. We talked about this last week about what you would give up if, say, our buddy Nick Foles goes back to back, or say they even get to the NFC Championship game. So Super Bowl MVP and then NFC Championship game. And, and, uh, Jody Mack, who's, who does CBS Sports Radio, 
I was talking to him last night. And he brought this up. This was his idea, so I can't were, take it. Were you own. like doing a radio hit, or were you just talking? to yeah. Andrew Mack No, we were. Friend? We were both. We were talking normally and just happened. Yeah. Catching up, Jody. Hey Ryan, how's it going, buddy? Happy New Year! Yeah, Good. just Good. see. Uh, past you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let me let me run this let me run this idea by you. We'll <laughs> act it out. So here's here's what he said. Uh, would you, if you are the Giants? Trade your first round pick in 2019. And Saquon Barkley for Nick Foles? Yes. No. You had it all the way to the end there. Carson Wentz. To Carson Wentz, yeah. Oh. Wait, a first and Saquon? Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Giants. We talk about two first round picks for Carson Wentz. You could probably get that and maybe something else. But into the division, you got to get rid of Eli. Just, just assume Eli's not coming back. No. But he is coming back. The, so the he's Eagles, ninth pick the, or whatever. The well, Eagles, this is, Eagles. This is hypothetical, Sean. But it's. An impossible hypothetical. Saquon Barkley for Carson Wentz. Saquon Barkley and a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. It would probably like to be the ninth pick, something like that. The the Eagles won't do that. The Eagles won't, you think? I I won't do it as the Giants. Yeah, I think the Giants would be like, eh, no thanks. Are you guys nuts? You're going to have to pay Wentz soon. you got to pay Barkley. He's a top-ten running back in terms of salary, and the Giants just won five games. Are you effing crazy? You do that in a heartbeat. What about what about Carson Wentz and like a third round pick for Saquon and a first round pick? Oh, see, it's getting interesting now. Wait, wait, wait. you get. I start to consider when you talk about that. You throw something else in. You get mm-hmm. former MVP candidate Carson Wentz who plays. There's a position. injury history though. Saquon Barkley's a running back. He might be dead in five years. Yeah, but the Car- quarterback's more important. Uh, I. I'm astonished. This, this let, is let me, let me, let me this ask is, you this. This no, is the no, podcast no, 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 post. No, no, no. Let me ask you this about Carson Wentz. If... Sean's telling you shut up on your own show. <laughs> hey, that that person who tweeted his defense at me he, when he heard us talk about him, he did reply saying I need to stand up more for myself. So this is me laying down the law here. He said you need um, to stand up for more for yourself. He did. He said he said uh, Brinson's a bully, but Sean does. I am not a bully. Just more. it's my damn show. All right, God, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. This is what I want to ask, Brenton, is bully. if You're Carson bully. Wentz, if you look at what he did this year, look at his stats this year, and you say that's what Carson Wentz is going to be for the rest of his career, what he did this year, would you take that deal? If what Carson Wentz did this year alone, if that is if that is your baseline for what Carson Wentz is, would you take that deal Ryan said? Are you, like, including he only plays – like 11 no, no, games? Say, no, no, no. You can look Just at his like production. first attempt, touchdown rate, and all that. Yeah. And if you apply that over the course of the year, would you still do it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He completed 70%, almost 70% of his passes. I think, no, I agree. I think he had a good year, but I think people who look at his MVP year, it's kind of, it was kind of like, I don't want, I'm not comparing him to Derek Carr at all. He's substantially better than Derek Carr. But Derek Carr had that MVP type of year before he got hurt. That was predominantly based off an incredibly high touchdown rate. Sure. That just wasn't sustainable, and that's kind of what Carson Wentz had last year. And I think 100%. this year his value has kind of gone down in the eyes of most people. But I actually think he's played about the same. He just has, hasn't had as many touchdowns. He didn't have as good a year as he had. His season in 2017 was not as good 
as people thought it was, and his season in 2018 yeah. was better than people thought it was. Yeah, um, I, I think he's more like what he is this year. The injury, the, dude, the injuries are totally a concern. I mean, I, I think the irony is that what you need for Carson Wentz is Frank Wright, who's done a great job keeping Andrew Luck upright and not taking these shots this year. Right, of course, left Philadelphia where he was coaching Carson Wentz. Um, this is a fascinating question. I mean, like, to me, it's a no-brainer. I would give up two first-round picks. Jody Mack, we're having a serious discussion. You guys were making fun of us. Was this on the air? Yeah, no, he brought it up on the air. Okay, where, where do you sign on it? Ryan. Well, we talked about it last week on the podcast. So I said, well, we talked about two first round picks and I did you mention, and did you it. mention, I think you have to, I'm with Brinson. You, I think you have to do it if you're the Giants. Um, the Eagles cannot do that. You cannot trade Carson Wentz. You're you the ninth overall pick. You have two first round picks. You have Nick Foles for two more years. This, this draft class is due. By the way, I think, I think I changed my mind. I think, I think Brinson was right. He interrupts you and then he changes his mind. What? You're gonna make fun of me for admitting I was wrong? I was, I was just looking more at his numbers and I think, I think I would rather have Carson Wentz. You're very mature for your age. You would, you would much rather have Carson Wentz than Saquon Barkley. They're ba- they were both number two overall yeah. picks. They have the same contract. Like, you definitely want Carson Wentz. Saquon Barkley and a first round pick. Which is number nine overall and Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, you are the draft expert, but this draft sucks. Not great for quarterbacks, but they don't have to draft a quarterback this year. Next year's quarterbacks class is going to be. You're not, you're not lit. going into 2019 with Nick Foles, who's not even under contract, by the way, guys. His yeah. contract uh, voids. He is under contract. They his, pick up his option for 20 million. His, <laughs> exactly. So you can either give Nick Foles, you can give Nick Foles 20 million to, th- you turn yourself, you want to turn yourself into the Giants. Do you want to pick up Nick Foles for 20 million dollars and have him throw dump offs to Saquon Barkley and win five games while Carson Wentz reinvigorates the New York Giants franchise leads into multiple Super Bowls, and you hand the Giants a bridge quarterback from Eli Manning. Get out of here! This is insane. This is okay insane. Stop I also, it. I, I like that we just spent ten minutes discussing a hypothetical that has a zero percent chance of actually manifesting itself. Well, that's everything yeah. I like to do in life. So yeah, it's fun to talk about. Uh, all right, moving along. Speaking of the Colts, we mentioned Andrew Luck. The Colts are going to play the Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Uh, they beat the Jaguars twenty to three. The Colts won on Sunday night thirty three to seventeen against the Titans in a game that was, uh, let's be honest here, not very close. Um, Andrew Luck twenty. 20- it was. It was fine. It was fine. So there were some moments. Tennessee kept it close for a little bit. Uh, Deion, Lu- Deion Lewis didn't have a single rushing attempt. Interesting. Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, 16 carries, 93 yards. Uh, Blaine Gabbard, 18 of 29, 165 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Once the weather got bad, it was all good night, Irene, for, uh, for Gabbard. The Titans had a ton of dumb mistakes. Um, the Colts could have beaten them worse, probably. Um, and then a touchdown, a 22 yard interception return, uh, you know, and then, uh, and then you know, they had like a lucky 53 second drive in the third quarter that, that, I mean, this game could have been 33 to three, if we're being honest. And I love the Colts going into Houston catching two and a half in, in this game. I know that, I know that Houston's been very good and that they have Deshaun Watson, who's a gamer. This is a fun matchup. Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck in the playoffs, John. I'm, I'm excited for this. You know, it's funny, and I feel bad even talking about this because it sounds like I'm blowing off the Texans. But if the Colts win, could you imagine Andrew Luck versus the Chiefs? Like, the more I think about it, I think the Colts could play with the Chiefs. And and so I am hoping that the the Colts go into Houston and and win by two touchdowns. And then go into Kansas City, they probably wouldn't be a huge underdog. I mean, there's not many teams that have the kind of firepower that the Chiefs have. But the Colts have proven that they can put up points on anyone. I mean, what we saw against Tennessee, they kind of score in spurts. Andrew Luck was just 
driving up and down the field on the Titans, and that's a good Titans defense. And the Colts are well-rounded. I mean, we saw Marlon Mack rush for over 100 yards against Tennessee, not to mention, obviously, Andrew Luck, another big game, three touchdown passes, 285 yards. So it's really fascinating watching this Colts team because, I mean, you know, obviously they're the sixth seed, but you could argue they're definitely could make a run and get further than I think more people think they can. So of the teams that no one wants to face, Seattle, Philly, Indy, and I guess Baltimore, I think I'm ranking Indy number one. Well, how about this instead? If you had to pick one wild card team to win the Super Bowl, to the Chargers, the Colts, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. Those are four really fun, good wild card teams. You know what I mean? Chargers and Seahawks to me are, are, are top tier NFL teams. The Colts have luck and are, and right and are, are peaking and their defense is playing well. Darius Leonard tried to score late. He's trying to get that defensive rookie of the year thing. And then the, the Eagles have Nick Foles and this voodoo magic that they're about to cast on Sean's and the Bears. Uh, mm-hmm. who would you, no. who would you take, Ryan, to, who would be? Andy, your, baby. The Colts? Uh, for all the reasons you talked. Look, there was a five game stretch where Andrew Luck wasn't sacked. He was sacked 18 times this year. Uh, by the way, Deshaun Watson's been sacked 60 times this year, 6-0. Uh, so the offensive line is crazy. Quentin Nelson is amazing. The defense is balling out. We talked about Darius Leonard. He had the interception at the end there. He, he, I think he broke the rookie record for tackles or something uh, on Sunday night as well. Um, that defense ranks 12th coming into this game, according to Football Outsiders. Last year they ranked 27th with Chuck Pagano, the defensive guru. year before that, 29th. Andrew Luck does not look like Chad Pennington, which is what I called him in the preseason. I apologize to both Chad and Andrew for that. Uh, he looks as good as, or if not better than, the old Andrew Luck we know. So, yeah, they can catch fire. I think John's exactly right. They can go into Kansas City. We know that the Chiefs don't play well in the postseason, so who knows what will happen there. Maybe um, Pat Mahomes is the medicine that fixes that. But, yeah, I'm all in on the Chiefs. I love that team. What You mean the Colts? <laughs> ha! Yeah, I'm three. drunk on tea! Three. John, John, who... Uh, who would you be your uh, wild card pick to win it all? Uh, since I brought the Colts up, I'll agree with Ryan and make it short. I would actually rank the wild card teams: Colts, Seahawks, Chargers, Eagles. Although, like you said, the Eagles' voodoo magic scares me. It should scare the Bears. It should scare Sean. Sean, I wouldn't even watch the game. I would sit in the closet for all three hours that those two teams are playing. Uh, but yeah, I would go Colts, Seahawks, Chargers, Eagles in that order. Sean. It is definitely not the Eagles, and I'll tell you what, you guys this entire year, especially you, Brinson, have tried this whole narrative argument picking against the Bears. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears, therefore, even though the Bears are better, Aaron Rodgers is going to win. The Vikings are the better team going into that first matchup, even though the Bears were the better team by DVOA and you know point differential and everything. So, no, I don't believe Nick Foles has voodoo magic. I didn't I ask you. I didn't ask you which team was likely to Chargers. lose to the Bears. You're going to agree with me there. It's the Chargers. I, I agree with you. I think the Chargers might be the most complete team in the AFC. You're a bully. Brinson, as a, uh, what a bully. Brinson, as a parent of a, of a four-year-old, uh, how are you going to treat – Five on oh, Excuse me, Robbie. How are you going to treat Sean next week when the Bears get stomped? Are you going to be thoughtful <laughs> or are you going to just rub it in? <laughs> Here's the thing. I can be as nice to him as possible and he's still going to rub it in. Uh, you're you're exactly pretty nice right. to him and he, he's been a jerk to you all, all today. <laughs> I mean, Sean's going to quit the podcast if the Bears lose next week, so we don't have to worry about that. You guys, this is all just bonus territory, man. Like, you know, no, I'm not no, gonna... no, 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 no. Nobody's buying that. No, you won the division. There's, You're in the playoffs. Your you get the, you <laughs> they're get... not losing next week. They're, they're not losing next week. Look, I was just as confident before the Packers game, and I knew 
despite me being that confident, it just meant if the Bears lost, I was going to catch hell on this podcast. I'm just as confident in this game as I was with that Packers game. So it would I, not be the Eagles. It would be the I will probably be wagering some of my poorly or, well, I wouldn't say hard-earned money. How, how would you describe What's the opposite of hard-earned money? Money that someone's given you, ill-advised. I will probably be wagering some of my Christmas money. Um, on the, uh, on the Bears. I like the Bears minus six here. I think that the Bears should be a touchdown plus favorite, even against Nick Foles. I understand there'll be underdogs coming in, but so the Eagles are not the answer. I agree with you, Sean. Uh, that does not mean I, I still reserve the right to make fun of you if the Bears lose, however. Um, but you also picked the Chargers, I'm guessing. Yeah, of course. The Chargers are the yeah. team. The Chargers, Easy. the Chargers, I mean, the Chiefs weren't going to lose to the Raiders, but the Chargers are pretty close to being the one seed right now. I mean, like they, they could, you could make a case they're the best team in football when they're functioning. Yes, you can, Ryan. You can easily make a case of the best team in football. I think they're the most complete team in the AFC. Yeah. The Ravens would disagree. The Colts. Whooping they put on them. How yeah. much, how, what kind of odds could I get? And I like, I don't know the answer. What kind of odds could I get right now on a Chargers Seahawks Super Bowl if I wanted to bet 25 bucks, 10 bucks on that? <laughs> Is that 50 to one? Probably close to that. That's, yeah, it sounds low. It does sound low. I feel like it'd be like a hundred to one. And I, man, I would not want to count out Russell Wilson in this spot. Um, I, I think the Seahawks are a very dangerous team. They're playing great defense. They're running the ball effectively. They're, I mean, really, if we're being honest, their best comp is the Colts in terms of like conference to conference, but they're a better team than the Colts in terms of, I, think, I don't think the offensive line is as good as the Colts because it's not as healthy right now. Uh, but, no, it doesn't need to be, but the, and the running backs are probably a wash. Um, I think the receiving options, you would lean towards Seattle. And I think defensive, yeah, Tyler Lockett yeah. or Doug Baldwin. Ebron's playing T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton might be the best player, but like Dontrell Inman's their number two. Yeah, but know? Eric Ebron is at a resurgence. Sure. And, uh, yeah, he's catching a bunch of touchdowns. Chester, Chester Rogers. Yeah, um, Doug Baldwin has to be healthy. That's fine. Uh, and, and, and then I think defensively, you would definitely take the Seahawks, right? Yes, you would take I don't the know. What's Sean, what does DVOA say about Seattle? I know the Indy's 12th, so it might be close. Seattle, Seattle. I'm sorry. Seattle was, oh, heading into this week, they were 16th. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> what are you, nerd? Get out of here. Lean on, <laughs> I, only lean on DV, I, only, I only lean on DVOA. They were 17th, Sean. Learn how to read. Uh, I only lean on my, uh, my, my DVOA when it boosts my, uh, when it boosts, yeah, Art. 17th, right? You know what's weird is Football Outsiders, it's been doing this all year. If you, if you do by overall DVOA, and then they break it down on the side by offensive defense. Those numbers are off. You have to go to the specific team offense and team defense pages. Jeez, get it together, shots. I know. Uh, Indy coming in this week was number nine overall. Wow, look at this. This is kind of fascinating to me, Ryan. So if you go and look at DVOA by total DVOA, it gives you a pretty good snapshot of the most efficient teams and really who should be in the playoffs. Here, let's list the top ten teams. Kansas City. And then you guys tell me what you can figure out about the top ten teams. What's 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 a miss? It's like one of those children's work. I'm listening very intently. Chiefs, Chargers, Saints, Rams, Ravens, Bears, Patriots, Steelers, Colts, Seahawks. What is a miss there? One of those teams is coached by an African American. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wow, he went there. Whoa, whoa. Is that right? Is that I think so. Uh, it's actually more than that because uh, Anthony Lynn and uh, Mike oh, Tomlin. Sorry, wow. Yep. Chargers. I was yep. focused on 
I'm trying to prop up my Steelers. <laughs> I was like, man, I didn't didn't see that answer coming. Yeah, um, I was trying to think on my feet. They're pretty good. Only w- know anyone's names. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, so, no the Steelers, but the Steelers missed the playoffs. Was my point there. Um, at any rate, uh, Denver and Minnesota, eleven and twelve. And then, by the way, that's point, worth pointing out. Denver is actually not a terrible team. Had an incredibly tough schedule. Lost every game by three points. And uh, Vance Joseph's getting canned. Yeah, he is. Um, I think he should, but I mean, that's the reality. St- look. The- this is going to be a, a probably a hot topic in the NFL over the next couple of weeks about minority hiring and minority hiring practices because um, Vance Joseph, Marvin Lewis, and Steve Wilkes, Hubert, Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles just got fired. That's four. Hubert Jackson, Hugh Jackson. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I, yeah I, we got fired middle of the season. We throw we throw skin color out the window when you're 336 and one okay <laughs> i tell you what man 336 and one ruined this man's life <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, you could be i don't care you could be an alien like, i don't care who you are 336 and one you're getting fired pal um, in the rest of his life focused on building a time machine because that's the only thing that's going to save him remember when i was in oakland guys that was great um it's funny because if he would have been fired after the first year his reputation would have been so much better because it would have been oh he was in cleveland no one wins in cleveland <laughs> yeah like now they're like pat sherman deserves another chance like Hugh Jackson does like Rod, not Rod Marinelli went 0-16 and now he's beloved as the, the yeah. Cowboys defensive line coach or That's defensive coordinator whatever he does over there like people true. love him no one even talks about that he but, was really good at the, I was pretty devastated when he left the Bears because they hired Mark Trustman and he, he would have stayed if they had hired Bruce Arians but they hired Trustman he's like I'm out of here um okay am I am I, am I have we missed a playoff matchup I feel like we missed something very important and I can't figure out what it is Chargers playing the Ravens Bears play the Eagles, Cowboys play the Seahawks, and uh, Colts play the Texans. Colts play the Texans. There we go. We got all the playoff matchups. Um, Dirk Cutter was fired by the Buccaneers. No surprise there. That was interesting. Both with Todd Bowles and Dirk Cutter being fired, both the GMs are sticking on and helping with the search, with the respective search um, in those situations. Do you guys? Do you think that's good or bad breach? Well, let me just say in the Buccaneers case, I think it's bad. Here's what I think with that situation is they should have either gone the package, either stick with Jameis Winston and stick with Cutter, or you dump them both. Now you're going to have Jameis Winston playing for his third head coach in five years. He's already struggling enough as it is. The last thing that dude needs is to learn a new playbook. He, you know, he's struggling with the ones he has in front of him. So if I'm the Buccaneers and I'm committing to J- Jameis Winston for next season, as has been reported, then I'm keeping Dirk. And, and obviously they're not doing that because they already fired him. Uh, so I, I think it's a baffling move. I think you either clean house, get rid of the general manager, get rid of Dirk and get rid of Jameis, or you keep all of them for one more season and see if they can get the job done. But the Bucks didn't do that. So Tampa, you guys, Glazer family blew it. What do you think about the the Bucks hiring a headhunting firm to help them find their next next head coaching candidate? That strikes me as extremely bizarre. It's not like you're looking for an accountant at a mid level position. You know everybody that's out there. What's this? Why are you paying this firm six figures probably to tell you what you already know? It, it feels like to me what happened here is Jason Light, the GM, did. It's pretty common in all walks of life, certainly common in the NFL, but he managed to pin 
all of the problems. He's like, man, look, these, they got good players here. I don't know what to tell you. Like, we gave them good players. They can't get this going. Uh, you know, why don't we get a certain, like, you, you convince your bosses you need an expensive search firm. Like, oh, look, you know, they landed this coach here, this coach here. Let's see what we can do. I'm with Breach, though. It's a, this is a bad spot because you have one year, basically, to fix Jameis Winston with a GM who's on the hot seat, hiring his second, or is hiring his third head coach now. Um, although I think Lovey had control of the 53-man roster when, when he, he was hired. He picked Jason Light, and then there were some power plays there. At any rate, uh, you're asking a coach to come in and possibly be one and done if, if the Buccaneers crater. This I'm trying to think back. I think the only GM that sort of survived this sort of upheaval, maybe sort of, was Thomas Dimitrov in Atlanta. Mm, that's a good game. And he had to team up with uh, what's-his-face there. Scott Bill, Pioli. Uh, Scott Pioli, so I'm not exactly sure he's happy how that worked out, but he's still there. I mean, the the Falcons are not very good. I don't know. There's a chance. There's a chance there could be changes in in Atlanta. Although I I I don't think that they would Wins make the moves. Anywhere. Falcons have maybe really Sarkeesian out. Get rid of the offensive coordinator there. I think, but well, other well, than that, or like you got to go hire a defensive guy to help you work with it, or something like that. I mean, remember Quinn still has control of the 53 man roster. Maybe Dimitrov gets a little more input there, or I don't know. You could certainly see some changes in Atlanta. I mean, I, Arthur Blank's not gonna be happy when everyone shows up to, to Atlanta for the Super Bowl and his team's like got five wins and Dan Quinn's walking around like I don't know, I don't know what happened. So who are the guys that – and all these uh, – I think there are four openings now. There will be more probably. Who are the guys that are, are going to be targeted that this search firm is going to come up with? Josh McDaniels? Anyone else that we don't know about? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You know who we're thinking about looking at, guys? <laughs> Mike McCarthy. It's like, it's like, oh, go out. Oh, he just got fired as the <laughs> offensive coordinator in Arizona. Now, listen, guys, I have an in with this fellow named Rex Ryan. Uh, I mean, like, 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 who do you need to identify candidates? I mean, like, I, 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 I'm sitting in my underwear and on New Year's Day banging out candidates posts and they're pretty accurate. Like, you don't need to pay, uh, corn, corn beaver or whatever the name of the search oh form is. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I like, the, I like that better. What's the name of them? I, I don't have it in front of me, but it is. Uh, it's, a, it's like the band Corn. It's spelled that way. K O R N. Someone, someone, I don't know how you someone had a reply. They're like, you'd be better off hiring the actual band Corn to, right, yeah. to find. Uh, but I don't. I mean, so we're talking about Josh McDaniels. We're talking about um, Flores, the Brian Flores, the linebackers coach, who I think is defensive. Sort of defensive coach. No, he's the defensive coordinator now. Yeah, maybe, but I don't think that's a title. They're worried about titles in, in, in New England. So there's, he's another guy that's been mentioned. Um, somehow Matt Patricia still has his job, so he won't be on the market. <laughs> you have to throw that in. Who else? Like, who else are we talking about? Ding, ding. Ryan, Ryan Bingo. He called for yeah. Matt Patricia firing. This didn't know what didn't know a coordinator's name. Called for Matt Patricia to be fired. Muted himself. Muted himself. Mispronounced. <laughs> called somebody by the name of someone who was more famous in the nineties. Drank herbal tea. That's a Ryan Bingo right there. Yeah, you win. Wearing a beanie. But uh, for real, I haven't heard any names uh, other than the usual candidates. I mean, I I think it's just the usual candidates. I mean, I don't. I'm trying to find this. They're, quote that somebody They're going to go up and be like, all right, guys, we've got an option that's way out of the box. Hear us out. His name is Hugh Jackson. Bridge, stop trying to rid the Bengals of Hugh Jackson. Just, stuck with them. just, say, just accept it. Okay, the Mike Zimmer thing's not happening. The Bucks aren't hiring him away. You're stuck with him. 
Every like I'm trying to wish it into existence. It's uh, not happening. I know it is. The, the name of the, the name of the search want to do it. The name of the search for it is Corn Fairy. And somebody replied was like, they'd be better off if they hired the band Corn and Danny Ferry to handle this search. Nice, Danny. <laughs> Uh, they help, uh, the Texans get Bill O'Brien, the Falcons get Dan Quinn, Chiefs get Andy Reid, Seahawks get Pete Carroll, and the Jaguar, Jaguars get Doug Marone. Literally, I mean, ev- yeah, like every single one of, like Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for a Super Bowl winning team. Bill O'Brien worked directly under, like, uh, under Bill Belichick. Wow. Great job identifying Andy Reid as a potential head coaching <laughs> candidate. Corn Beaver. Good job, Mr. Beaver. Um, Pete Carroll. Oh man. Wow. You were able to pick out That's a guy. football for 50 years. <laughs> wow. What, 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 a, what a crazy idea. You were able to identify a guy who, who just won a national, national title, had multiple Heisman winners and is trying to evade sanctions at USC. Amazing job, Mr. Corn. Are there you- any Matt Nagy's and Frank Reich's? Because Joe DiCamillis was fired, so he ain't I don't think he, maybe he gets hired. I don't know. But. It's John DiFilippo who got fired, right? What did I say? <laughs> John, what did I say? That's not herbal tea, John man. D- uh, you know, late, um, you know who could be a good, Pete Car- what about Pete Carmichael? Saints, uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. Would he leave that job? He's been there forever. Sure. Why not? To get a head coaching job. He's like a, um, would he go to, would he go to Tampa? I don't, I don't. I think Tampa's a really bad job to have because, as you said, you have one year to fix Jameis. If things go bad, they're going to fire the GM, and maybe that means you keep your job, but that means you're going to have a GM come in who's saddled with you, and it never happens where the GM you know, wants to keep that coach. They always want to hire their own guy. So at some point, he's just looking for an excuse to get you fired. I think it's a horrible job to take. Would you oh, rather Camille Sir Carmichael's coach? Sorry, sorry, John. You're fine. Uh, you- I was going to say, if you're Carmichael, I think you write out Drew Brees' career. There's no reason to leave before he's done. And then once he leaves, you can say, hey, maybe I want to go be a head coach. So I think he'll stick around New Orleans. Would you rather coach the Cardinals or the Buccaneers? Cardinals. Yeah, I think the Cardinals. The Buccaneers are a mess. You don't know what Jason likes like situation is going to be 12 months from now. I mean, it depends on how many games you win. That's like, like I mean, that's it's it's probably going to be fine. More towards losing than winning is my point. I mean, typically speaking, like Jason Light doesn't get – Hit with hiring Lovey. He didn't hire Lovey. He came in with Lovey. He he decided to move on from Lovey and keep Dirk Cutter. That hadn't worked out. This is, I think, it's the same shot for for Steve Kime right now. You get you typically get two two hire two two questionable hire two hires that miss, and after that second hire, you're toast. Um, Steve Kime. Steve Wilkes hadn't been fired as of this podcast recording. I anticipate that by the time most people are listening, he will have been fired. Um, Hope John- Steve Wilkes ain't listening. I doubt Steve Wilkes is listening to this podcast on Sunday night or Monday morning. If you are, Steve, you're a good person, but you probably can. And I, I guess he stopped listening to this podcast a few weeks ago if he listened. Cause I've been, by the way, quickly before I forget, Jason Lockham for this on Sunday morning mentioned three college guys that could be in the mix. Jeff Brom, Purdue, Matt Campbell. Jeff Brom just uh, signed an extension. That's ridiculous. Sorry, JLC. Iowa State and then Pat Fitzgerald out of uh, Northwestern. Uh, by the way, Iowa State curb stomped. No, Iowa State got skewed. You got, uh, got hosed by the, Against the, by the refs in their bowl game, but they lost by two in a close game. Matt Campbell's good, young, upcoming coach, aggressive, um, has done good stuff with that offense. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern alum, so that's a tough pull to get him away from Northwestern, but maybe that Packers job would be interesting for him. I don't think Jeff Brom's leaving. He wouldn't leave for Louisville. I don't think he'd leave for the NFL. Louisville's slightly different than, say, Green Bay. <laughs> uh, that is true, but Jeff Brom is 
from Louisville, played at Louisville. His dad played at Louisville. His brother played at Louisville. He's already coached Louisville at Louisville. Dude. He coached at a Louisville, uh, Louisville Arena League team. He has a house in Louisville. His middle name is Louisville. I mean, he was, he'd be like, what, like, what else is he, what, the, where else is he going to coach? He turned down Louisville. It's insane. Purdue. Purdue. And then they got blasted in their bowl game by Auburn, by the way. Um, all right. Last thing. We'll get out of here. Spike. Sorry. You can do whatever you want, I, Sean. Sure I, I want to say one thing about – I don't like Dirk Cotter that much. I don't think he's a good coach, but it's I think it's, it's worth Cutter. noting. It's Cutter. What did I say? Cotter. That's a show that Ryan well, watches well, as a well, child. Why, why does he have the O in there? John Travolta was in that's just, that's just inefficient. Welcome back, um, welcome back Cutter. <laughs> Goodbye, anyways, Mr. Cutter. He did not want to drop Jameis Winston, um, and he has come out and admitted – um, I think it might have been last this off season or last off, last off season about how he was the one guy in the organization that did not want Jameis Winston. Um, and so I think if you follow the report that Jameis Winston's coming back next year, I think it's easy to see why the coach got fired and not the GM got fired. You just have to follow who liked Jameis Winston, and that was the GM and not the coach. And I don't like Derek Cutter, but I think he I think he kind of got a raw deal because I think this is more on Jameis than it is on him. Okay. What do you think, John Breach, about Rex Ryan potentially? And by the way, he will not. Rex Ryan was mentioned as a possible Miami Hurricanes head coach. He will not be going to the Miami Hurricanes. Not I mean, that was ridiculous. I think there was a, a mix-up on like some reporting thing where somebody was like, "He might go to Miami." They're like, "Oh, the Hurricanes? He's not going to Miami." Mark Rick retired on uh, Sunday morning over some disagreements about coaching staff situations. The the Hurricanes have actually already hired Manny Diaz, who had already been hired by Temple to be their head coach, and left like 17 hours ago to go be Temple's head coach. Now is going back to Miami. So Rex will not get that job. But what do you think about firing Adam Gase, John, for Rex Ryan? Okay, here is the crazy thing about my feelings for Rex Ryan is I think he is a completely average NFL coach, but I love the idea of him being a head coach. I feel like he adds a lot of theatrics. And I know we were talking about how this almost gives him AFC East bingo because he was with the Jets and the Bills and now the Dolphins. It's almost like He's just trying to let Belichick beat him in every single city. But I don't think I, – I wouldn't hate this because the Dolphins don't have a great offense. And, and so Rex Ryan could just build up their defense, bring in some really brilliant offensive coordinator, and, and roll. So I, I don't think it would be horrible for the Dolphins to kind of start over. I, I think Adam Gase is kind of having an identity crisis down there. He kept backing up Ryan Tannehill, and that just – I mean, if you watch them play the Bills on Sunday, that was just classic Tannehill, just looking horrible for four straight quarters. Got a touchdown so, pass, John. <laughs> I mean, it was ugly. So if, I would not be surprised if the Dolphins do move on from Adam Gates, and I would love to see Rex Ryan in there just because he's a fun dude to have on the sidelines. By the way, to follow up on that, if he doesn't go to Miami, I want Rex Ryan to be the next Steelers defense coordinator. Would There's he, your fun right there. Did he do that? I feel like he yeah. – would he take the Miami job? I don't know. Yes, he would kill to get the Miami job. He's trying to bang out that AFC East punch card. But if, it's, if you if you get fired by the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets, you get a free Patriots head coaching job in five years. I almost feel like he leaked that story. Rex Ryan's like, no one has actually called him about a possible interview, but he's like, guys, the Dolphins are interested in me, and then people ran with it. It's that, the but, Greg Williams tactic. By the way, the uh, the Packers have interviewed Jim Caldwell and Chuck Pagano already. Well, the Jim Caldwell thing may have been not to be skeptical of the an NFL team's 
Hiring Chuck Pagano was, uh, was the red herring in that, in that uh, <laughs> yes. duo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody will accuse us of a Rooney rule violation if we interview Chuck Pagano, too. It'll just look like terrible interviews. And they've requested reportedly, this according to Acme Packing Company, Pat Fitzgerald, who we just talked about, uh, your boy Josh McDaniels and his buddy Brian Flores. So. Because I believe, as um, uh, Florio noted previously, that you have to uh, call the school president or the school athletic director to get a college interview. Ryan, again, you're the draft guy. You probably know more about this. No, that's true. That's right. Uh, so, uh, what else you got, jerk? What's that? So, what else you got, jerk? Um, <laughs> all right, that's let's, right. Let's get out of so here that, on this. This podcast is already an hour and fifteen minutes long. It's one a.m. Ryan has to be on your digital television in seven, six hours and forty-seven minutes. Fifty-seven minutes. I'm not going. How long does it take you to get camera ready? Yeah. What time do you Look, get? This doesn't happen. By accident. <laughs> I would guess that it does, actually. Um, Maybe. What was your – Breach and I did this before, but I want to sort of expound on it a little bit more. What was your best and worst prediction of 2018? Ryan, go. Breach, you can't give yours because you already you – already I did. picked the Giants to win the division. That I think terrible. that's terrible. pretty cut and dry. And I also – I probably – I don't have it in front of you, but I'm sure I picked Seattle to finish last in their division. Those are two pretty terrible predictions. Are we doing bad predictions or good predictions? Good and bad. Good and bad. I had no good ones. Texans. Houston Texans. Houston, we oh. have a problem. Oh, yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, that's a that's great right. prediction. Yeah, everybody was riding the uh, the Jaguars. That's yeah. right. Thank you, John, for reminding me. I am old and apparently can't remember a lot. I wrote down all your good picks just so I could remind you because I knew you'd forget. And that was it, huh? All right, Sean, you're up. John, you didn't, well, do, John, you didn't do grades in Week 17? Hmm. Well, I'm calling him out on the podcast. Am I supposed to rank uh, Kyle Allen and Taysom Hill playing uh, the backup quarterback bowl in New Orleans? Don't forget Nick Mullins. Also, it was Teddy Bridgewater. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Who? uh, Who? uh, What's your What's your best and worst prediction, Sean? Well, I'm the only one. I was informed in Slack by Jared Dubin that I was the only one here at CBS who has both of my Super Bowl picks still alive. I had the Saints versus the Patriots, so that was probably my best. Area um, area man picks two top favorites to go to Super Bowl. It, it does, well, why do you make pick playoffs? Them? I'm sorry, I don't pick the Cardinals every year. What like, else? You got, I'm Sean? sorry, I'm picking good teams. I had the Saints. How sorry, dare but... I pick good teams to go to the Super Bowl? Like, how bizarre is that? Do you, Sean, my do you, worst do you, pick Sean... is I didn't is I didn't believe in the Bears because yeah. I, I should have I should have been the guy to own the Bears, and I was too afraid to do it. Does that hurt you that you didn't that you didn't do that? No. What? Why would it hurt me? This is a preview. The the Super Bowl. They're gonna. Why what? do I care if I was right about it? Um, see ya. I would care. See ya. Uh, I would say that my worst. What's my worst? My worst prediction. I said the Cowboys would go three and thirteen, and Jason Garrett would be the first coach fired in the NFL. That was wrong. <laughs> that was wrong. So the Redskins would go ten and six. That was not that wrong. It wasn't that wrong. They're no. six and two, or the Panthers six and two. Whatever. I can't find your story. Ooh, I said, I'm sure I had a horrible pick. I said the Packers would go 12 and four. That was stupid. I said the Saints would go 12 and four and win the division. So screw you, Sean. Unlike pick. Um, said the Seahawks would win the division. That was wrong. That's pretty good though. I mean, they were yeah. terrible. It's supposed to be terrible. John said that they would go 10 and six and finish second in the division. Well, John is—he has insight into the Seahawks. I said the Chiefs would go 12 and four and that Patrick Mahomes would lead the league in passing yards. That was close. He didn't. Ben Roethlisberger did. But Patrick Mahomes led the league in terms of passing yards for quarterbacks who made the playoffs. So that's Touchdowns something. 50, baby. 
Um, I said the Jaguars would miss the playoffs. I'm excited about that. I said the Steelers would miss the playoffs. And that the Ravens. Yeah, as John pointed out, you said that for the first two weeks when they struggled and then you shut up till 15 minutes ago. No, so. I wrote down I just, on here. I said, I but, know, but you're, you're one to back away from your picks and then not going in your direction. I mean, no bleep, man. Everybody does that. You're like, oh, uh, the, the, I've been talking about the Giants all year. I've been talking about you shut up about the Texans so hard for, for a while there. <laughs> you're like, ah, yeah, they went nine straight. You're right. If they were 0 and 3, you weren't saying a word. I wasn't worried. Um, all right. Anything else we want to get to? The big uh, well, since oh. Jackson mentioned his, I'll mention mine real quick. Even though we quick we did a little bit last week, Seahawks going ten and six, nailed that on the button. Predicted the Cowboys would win the NFC East going ten and six, nailed that on the button. Thanks for keeping your starters in, Jason Garrett. I appreciate that one. Also picked the Texans to win the division, like Wilson, but I blew it on the Falcons. I had them winning the NFC South. They're horrible. It was embarrassing. I'm sorry I picked that. No faith in the Bears. I don't think anybody did. And I, I got old takes exposed because I said Patrick Mahomes would be average. Well, you got old takes exposed also because you said Andy Reid would want to trade for Alex Smith. I, I've got, I picked the Chiefs go 9-7 and seven this year, so it's not like I thought he was going to be horrible, for the record. All right, hit I, us. I've got, got my bad prediction here. Okay. I picked John Ross to be the breakout player. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we even do breakout players? Where is that? You happening? picked Joe Mixon. Dubin picked Juju. Wilson no. picked Mahomes. Breach picked Josh Gordon. I definitely had the worst pick. Yep. Well, wait to own it, Sean. I had the Falcons over the Saints in the NFC Championship game. That's so annoying. If I'd gone oh, Saints oh. over Chiefs, I'd look like a, or Chiefs over Saints in the Super Bowl, I'd look like a genius right now. People would be fawning over my brilliance. Instead, Ryan picked Le'Veon Bell to win Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a Steelers offensive MVP. He wrote, this in caps is how you get that contract only you think you're worth. <laughs> how that worked out. Uh, I'm, quite, I'm happy with it. It's still happening. It's, it's, it's time. <laughs> Two days left in the year, John. Uh, John. He did end it saying, in related news, CM Darnold will be handing off the bell for the next six years, which probably will happen. Oh, yeah. You leave that part out. The punchline. Are there any, any other good, uh, any other good predictions? Right, we're, this podcast's going on too long. It's eighty minutes now, um, and Ryan has to work. And se- Ryan's kids gonna be up in seven minutes. <laughs> Not even wrong. What's Sean's big hot take? Milk. All right, give us your milk take, and let's get out of here. Twenty nine. Oh, this is your last. Love- this is your last. Uh, give us a big milk take about twenty eighteen. You gotta have some take about twenty eighteen. The the future. I can't, is, I can't do a looking forward. The future is bright. Hope springs Sweet. anew. New hope springs anew. Brand new hope. Brand new hope. Arya. Star Trek. I don't. I don't understand what you're asking of me. My my big my big take is that the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. That was weak. It can be Bears versus Chargers in the give, Super Bowl. Give us the Bears a, are win. give us a fired up Bears. Tell all the I, people. I, come, I on. The give us, come on. Come on. Come on, man. Force it. You can't force passion. I, I barely watched the game today. I was having to watch the freaking Browns. Uh, I was covering the Browns game. Just give us a give us a Bears win the Super Bowl take. Come on. Look, the Bears win the Super Bowl because I'm okay. I'll give you the take. People keep talking about the Eagles being the hottest team in football and the Colts. The the Bears are the hottest team in football. I I don't understand this. If we're talking about who's the hottest team in football and football is all about who's peaking at the latest time, the Bears are peaking. When when's the last time the Bears have played a bad game? It just hasn't happened. I think they are the most complete team outside the Saints. Um. So that could be a problem. Um, 
I'm locking myself into some holes here. Yeah. Uh, the Bears are winning the Super Bowl. If you want my big milk take, the Bears are at least going to the Super Bowl. You just said they're going to win it. Look, man, you're forcing this big milk take on me. I just I don't have it in me. We've been talking about the Bears minutes. make the Super Bowl. Just appear in the Super Bowl. Will you do the Super Bowl shuffle on this podcast? Ooh. No, because I can think of nothing worse than the Bears losing in the Super Bowl. I'd rather they lose earlier. What? Why? What do you mean why? That would be terrible to have to watch the the Bears. You know, you have everyone watching the game. People who aren't even football fans watch the game. And they're all chiming in, acting like they know everything. Then everyone is making a joke like. Trubisky's probably going to play great in the playoffs, and then he's going to have a horrible game in the Super Bowl, and everyone's going to be like, that Trubisky guy sucks, ha, ha, ha. Remember but Sean James is basically saying, just... instead of having one Will Brinson, he's going to have 40 million Will Brinson. Exactly. I don't I don't need that. I really don't need that. Like, that, that is the nightmare. And, like, it's like every time Jay Cutler used to play on national television, if he had a bad game, everyone would be like, huh, Jay Cutler sucks. Like, no, he doesn't. You watch one. You watch four games a year. Jay Cutler, sucks. Jay Cutler sucks. Um, if Mitchell Trubisky beats Philip Rivers in the Super Bowl, I will drive to Oakland and – You will not drive to Oakland. Why I, are you saying this? I'll fly to Oakland and I'll poop on your doorstep. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm holding you to that. I will. I will. I will. No, I'm not going to tell you I'm there. I'm just going to ring your doorbell and fly back to North Carolina and you can have a, a steamer on your doorstep. Because that will be – that will ruin my 2019. Oh, oh, if, you know, while you're there, bring me a – Bring me a freaking pick six shirt. Deal. I mean, that's a deal. I will fly to if if, Phil, if Mitchell Trubisky beats Philip Rivers in the Super Bowl. I will fly to Oakland and bring you a, a pick six. Too. That's my Super Bowl pick. All right. I hope you're wrong. It's been fun, guys. Thanks for listening. See you. Uh, see you, nerds, in uh, 2019. Great year. Great job. See you next. Tremendous year, Ryan. Tremendous.